Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here at Guitar Nerds, we want to make sure you have the best chance to listen to all the guitar content that's right for you. That's why we have a Patreon patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds a veritable treasure trove full of interviews mini series and a whole extra half an hour episode every week patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds get your nerd on Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jake Ross. Who is Jake Ross? And why have you brought him into the equation? I did just once. I want like a smooth, you know, sort of professional introduction to a podcast for like new listeners who are like what's this podcast who's on it oh, i now know both of those things within the first 15 seconds yeah well uh you should have thought about that before you uh invited me uh to come on this podcast five years ago that's all i can say and when i say you i mean i, I yeah i had nothing to do with it no. i was the comic relief at the time and i was terrible at and that. still are <laughs> <laughs> so we were supposed to be podcasting as a three tonight. Matt Knight is uh, is is off. Oh my goodness, there are so many things happening at Boss HQ that Matt Knight has uh, has had to take a couple of weeks to um, to sort some some shizzle out. I don't but know where that... he's he's on. Is he on tour? I feel like he's like just away. Yeah, he, he is <laughs> doing something like that, isn't he? Because they've had they've they've got some new some new people, and I think they're going around like talking to they're visiting retailers and whatnot with all their new team. And Matt Knight's heading that up or whatever. He's doing some grand tour of uh, places that sell their gear, I guess. But that was going to be fine because we were obviously we also have Mark Packham. Um, you know, and if we don't have Mark Packham, we've got Mikey Demas, or we've got Mary Spender, or we've got Dan Grace. But uh, Mark Packham was like, "Yep, absolutely, I'll be there." And um, he didn't consider the fact that being there for a podcast also involves having some form of internet connection. Um, hence, why it is the two of us. But that's okay because actually, we've got. Uh, we, we, there are again with Nam around the corner. There are a, a ton of new releases, and what's extra good about having 
you hear solo J Cross is that a lot of those things are are Fender. Fender have put out an awful lot of new releases. But before we go into things like the news, how's it going, J Cross? You've been going to a lot of gigs this week. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm good. I went. To, well, I went to. I went to. I did go to three gigs this week, which I suppose is quite a lot considering that's almost fifty percent of the uh, of the week. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been it's been good. Um, I I had, a, I had a really good week actually. I took a couple of days off because I've still got loads of uh, holiday left, and uh, I wanted to spend Thanksgiving with uh, Maddie, my girlfriend, who is American and living over here. Uh, so obviously, in the UK, Thanksgiving isn't something that we celebrate in any way. Uh, so... No, I saw I saw an excellent tweet pointing out that if uh, if 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 we were to celebrate. Uh, you know, <laughs> Thanksgiving for a time that we came to a to a country and uh, you know misplaced the uh, the native population. We, we'd never go to work. Yeah, I, it's a it's a very good point. So um, we so yeah, there's no Thanksgiving celebration in the UK. But I wanted to make Maddie feel at home, so I booked. We both booked a couple of days off, and uh, yeah, it, it coincided with uh, one of our friends. Uh, bands being over on tour. Uh, someone who Maddie used to live with, uh, our, our friend Pat, plays drums in this band, Joyce Manor, who are a great pop punk band from uh, California. He's from Philadelphia, but they're from they're from California. Uh, they're on Epitaph, which uh, was is like a fantastic childhood dream label. from uh, for for people like us. Uh, so they yeah they're on tour with uh, with Basement um, from the UK. And, uh, and yeah, it was great. We went to see him in Southampton and uh, that was really fun at a venue 1865, which is somewhere that I've never been before. And on uh, Thursday night, we went up to the London show, which was at the Forum in Kentish Town, uh, which is a cool venue. I've been there a few times. Um, it's it's uh, like sloped down, which is it's really good for us because uh, our, Maddie is 5'2 and I'm 6'2. So finding somewhere where we can stand and she can see and I'm not blocking people is really difficult most of the time. <laughs> uh, so, which, uh, But luckily we, we were able to find somewhere and yeah, Joyce Manor were amazing. Like I've seen them a few times. They're such a good band. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. But the thing that I found really funny about the whole thing was, so they were playing in front of there was it's a 2300 cap venue i think the forum so like you know two right. two and a half somewhere like that and uh the guitar players were using one the one guitar player was using a hot rod deville so you know that's fine 60 watts uh four speakers uh the other guitar player was playing an ac15 uh, in front Ooh. of two and a half <laughs> thousand people, and it sounded That's... absolutely fantastic. So, um, a question came up in the group this week. Yeah, I was going to say there was something in the thread. Yeah, the, yeah, on the Facebook group. So, a question came up in the group this week about, um, you know, whether uh, fifteen watts was big enough to was loud enough to 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 gig with and i i cited that example and a couple of other people were like oh yeah i was at that show as well and i thought exactly the same thing so that was really funny uh really nice to know that uh you know we're all guitar nerds a hundred percent of the time even when watching um well you know i suppose that makes sense when we're watching bands but it's and of course that that's a bit of a frivolous comment because these things are all relative it's it's easy to be able to say oh yeah i can use a 15 watt amp when you've got a incredible pa system um 
behind you making sure that everything is mic'd up and sounding crystal clear so it's if you're not relying on the stage itself providing any sound for the audience then yes it's great exactly so it was uh you know but it's it's uh i i just i i thought that was very funny that it was uh it it sounded so good and they were really only using small amps um and i actually i spoke to them about it afterwards and they said that they used to use um the barry the singer was saying that they used to use like big Marshall um, hundred watt amps and four by twelves, and they it, it always sounded bad because they on stages that size or you know not even that size you can't ever get the volume get the amp loud enough because it is going through the PA and it just it never ends up sounding good. So they've just dropped down to uh, lower wattage amps and everything just sounds fantastic. So you know I think when you're at a, when when you are a band playing anywhere sort of sizable, anywhere where you've got a PA, a 15-watt amp is always going to be fine. Um, yeah, I, well, I mean, I realise that me saying that to you is is difficult when, you know, you, your band tour with uh, 200-watt Katanas and a 300-watt uh, Ashdown amp. But, uh, but you know, I, I do think it's... Um, I do think that these things are always... It, 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 yeah, it was just very funny. Yeah, no, well, I think you're totally right. I've I've got you know buckets of time for sort of low wattage amps. I kind of I I would always rather. I mean, the hundred watt katanas are of course like like a you know it's a digital hundred. Yeah, solid anyway, state, but, they, yeah. But yeah, um, but you know, we, if 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 I, I kind of find thirty watts is always like the the optimum. Fifty watts is fantastic. Um, but the, you know, it stays clean at such you know, relatively low volume. Fantastic if you don't need any clean. Then they sound amazing, but thirty watts is kind of optimum to give you the best of both worlds. And any more than that, I've always found just a just a touch surplus. But, yeah, know. I mean, again, I I think it really depends on on what you're doing. I think for bands like uh, you know, a band that I were playing, where you're more than likely to be small stage, plugged in, uh, sorry, um, mic'd up. 15 watts is going to be fine. Even playing in, if I was playing the level sort of, you know, a a venue that wasn't quite as nice, if it was just a a back room of a pub, probably then even still 15 watts is going to be all right. But you're more, I would say you're more reliant on a clean sound as the base, you know, to get, uh, to get the modulation effects through. Whereas if you're playing in a punk band, it's, you kind of want it to be a bit drivey. So having it turned all the way up, isn't going to be a problem. So, I think when whenever you're looking at buying a new amp, it is just a case of working out, okay, well, realistically, where am I going to be playing this? Am I going to be playing it at home? If I'm playing it at home, can I turn it up loud? If I'm playing it at home, do I want to be turning it up loud? And if that's the case, then look at a lower water jamp. But at the same time, if what uh, inspires you to pick up the guitar is to have a 4 by 12 and a 100 watt amp with loads of air moving behind you and your neighbours aren't going to threaten you uh, with... Uh, council served noise abatement notices then go ahead and buy that buy that 100 watt amp and 4 by 12 because at the end of the day it's all about making sure that you are playing what inspires you to, uh, to pick up the guitar every day yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know speaking of uh speaking of amplifiers and gigs uh i was also at a uh i was at a show I did, there were a number of shows but one of the shows i was at earlier this week was a very small show um at the quadrant jay believe it or oh yeah uh yeah um 
but I, I went to see a uh, a few bands there, and the opening band, um, the guitarist had a a Kemper profiler. Really? At the yeah. <laughs> the quadrant? Amazing. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It was it was totally out of sync with every other piece of equipment that was that was there that night. But he had a he brought his Kemper, and he had nothing on the floor other than the Tu three. And I realised because I was I was there to 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 help out. Actually, I had a, a friend promoting the the show, so I was there to do the door. But I watched them sound check, and realised that what they were actually doing is running a backing track. So the drummer was on in ears with a with a laptop. And he was running a backing track that was also synced with the Kemper, and that was doing all the pedal switches. Oh right! For the wow. Okay. As well. So what was Very... that like an Ableton thing? I, I I couldn't see the laptop, so I so I would assume so. Yeah. yeah. Some, something like that. It's but it's it's running all the effects switches um for the for the guitarist as as well uh, and there were quite a few there were quite a sort of a proggy dreamy band so there's a lot of modulation going to sort of big like squealing solos into like really clean parts and the guitarist was switching between a a pair of uh, of of different stratocasters as well so it was um there was there was a, a lot going on the the problem that he had and this was this for me really sealed what I think of Kempers and, and why I'm not not wholly convinced at them being a a solution to a problem that that necessarily exists is and and this will come around to because I'll explain what the the band on after had in a minute. The problem that that this band had was that he messed up at one point, and then he was out of sync with the click track, which meant all his effects were changing in a different place as well. And oh, so he had no. no he had no choice but to literally stop the song. Because he couldn't he couldn't find it again. He couldn't get back in, so he had to stop the song. For which he apologized and explained and then they started the song again. And then later in the in the set, obviously they even because the whole thing had like atmospheric sounds in between, but of course all his effects changes are still you know, a part of this master track, um, he realised that uh, he didn't have his capo with him. It was in his guitar case. <laughs> oh, no. So he had to he had to go and get it. It was before a song had started, but it's in an atmospheric bit. But, of yeah. course, he, he knew he wasn't going to have time to get to his guitar case before the song started. So he had to just ask the drummer to pause the track. Oh. And I was just like, oh, at this point, you've you've stopped a song and had to start it again. And you've had to ask a guy to pause a track. And this is all for a two and a half thousand pound solution to you having to step on a few pedals. Like it it, it, it just for me, I was really like, oh, I, I mean, I thought they were they were excellent, by the way. I thought they were really good. This is it's certainly not, a, you know, nothing negative on the band. I thought they were very good. And it was definitely early doors for him using that camper. But I was just like, this is not this is not a solution. I've never seen this before. I've never seen this sort of mess up that just wouldn't have occurred if he'd have had a, a pedal board and an ordinary amp head. And the thing was, and, and yes, it was, it, so uh, listener, the, 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 the venue we're talking about was a very small uh, pub in Brighton with a really small sort of upstairs. I think it's, I think it's a cap of like 40 people, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's literally tiny. So it has a stage area which you can fit the drum kit on and that's it. It has a very, very basic PA. Um, but the thing was, it, the Kemper also... 
to, in that environment didn't excel. It didn't sound good. No, but well, I think that was I th- the word. So they like weren't. They didn't six, have a. They didn't like have a, a cab, spider. right? Yeah, he was running no cab. It so it was cab. all coming through. No, the, no, it was, it was. It was a cab. He was oh, there running was a cab. Through, okay. Yeah, okay. he was running it through like a, a four twelve Marshall. One of those those ordinary ones, the angle top ones. Right. Okay. Nine sixty A probably. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was all going through that, but it just didn't sound good. It sounded like a spider. Like the the modulation sounded cheap. Like it, you know, may, maybe it would have done better on a you know, in a different environment, but it's, or maybe it was just the way he'd set it up, but it didn't sound great. It didn't sound like two and a half grand. I mean, that and sounds, then there were the mess ups. it sounds to me like maybe, um, they hadn't turned on, uh, or they had left on cab sim. Maybe. Potentially. You know, yeah. If Potentially. If, I think that if it's, cause that's, that's something that you, you do hear about quite a lot. And if you, if you've got cab sim on and then you're going through a cab, I think, yeah, like, is, that, is that right? That sounds but right potentially. To me. Could, I mean, in Soundcheck, he was complaining that this didn't sound like how it normally sounded mm. and stuff. But, um, but nonetheless, there was a lot of faffing and then a lot of messing up in the set. And on top of the fact that it really didn't sound that good, all those things together. Yeah. Band afterwards got on, and the guitarist uh, and I, I was looking, I was watching them play. I didn't catch their soundtrack, so I'm just watching their live set, and I was like. This is fantastic. This guitar sounds absolutely brilliant, and it was um, it was a uh, like a, a road worn telly, yeah, um, where he'd changed the bridge to like a normal hardtail bridge and shoved a humbucker in there and was just running off of that, and it it, it looked amazing because it was so beat up and it sounded fantastic. A handful of sort of you know tasteful pedals, you know whatever, a, a, um, a, a uh, like a, a hall of fame. Uh, there was a big muff down there. Uh, I think a, a crayon, the uh, the electroharmonics crayon to drive. I was like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Just a, just a few sort of choice things, but everything sounded great. And I was like, looked over to see what the amp head was, and I could see that Marshall four twelve, and I couldn't see anything uh, on on it. And I was like, well, what's going on? So I looked back at the board to see if I could see something like I don't know a uh, a forty four Magnum or or something like that. You know, the, so I'm looking around there, couldn't see anything. So I went and spoke to the fella afterwards. And he was running one of those Vox MV50s, the new tubes. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it, so it was just sat behind the cab, so on the floor to keep it out of the way. But yeah, they're um, those are they're sort of a the new tube is like a tube state, so kind of like a tube preamp sort of thing. But it's supposed to be something completely different that sounds way more tuby, but is you know as reliable as something not tuby. So Vox do a number of them. I don't know if we've ever really spoken about them on the podcast. But they do like a number. There's like a boutique, an AC, a British, a metal. You know, they do loads of different types. Um, they're 150 quid. Yeah, that's you know, pretty, that's pretty well priced, isn't it? And 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 blind testing, sort of without without seeing the amp head. Now I'm not sure which one he had. I think he said he had the AC when I asked him because he said he used to use an ac30 but he'd moved away to canada and come back and he hadn't bought a new amp yet and this was the cheapest closest thing he could get AC to it. sounding yeah but it was uh it was 150 pounds and blind testing because i couldn't see the amp i was like damn this sounds good and this was directly after seeing someone go someone a with a half yeah thousand wow. pounds head and me being like this doesn't sound good um so it, yeah i mean and obviously sort of you know i in fairness to the fellow with kemper i think it was early doors for him using it yeah 
Um, and I mean, you know, in, in fairness, it's, I mean, they're just not really designed to be used in that space, are they? You know, that they, they no. they've been designed to be used by big bands playing in big venues with with high quality PAs or they're designed and I think they're used a lot by people in uh, who play in churches again with large PAs um, and it's just high quality stuff that's always kind of been my my um, uh, concern with the 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 Kemper stuff is and and also to a certain degree with the Helix and stuff is you've just you have to rely on the quality of the PA and if you're playing in a and being someone who has been to you know a thousand gigs in dingy pubs around the southeast of the uk for the last 20 years or so it, yeah. um, 15 years or so it's it, it just, you just can't ever be that reliant on it so I, I i don't know i i i'm sure there's people just yelling and shouting at their iphones here now just saying like just shut up you don't know what you're talking about and they could very well be correct but um yeah that's that's always just been my 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 opinion on it so yeah yeah, absolutely. Mm. I tell you, another thing that I thought was quite uh, quite interesting. I w- another gig that I went to this week, I went to see this band Rehasher, which is the side project of um, Roger Lima. I think his name is the uh, the uh, bass player from Le- uh, Lesson Jake. Uh, the the the, uh, the bass player and, and vocalist from Lesson Jake played in this this band Rehasher that are uh, sort of they started i feel like they started 15 years ago i think i bought the first record in like 2003 or 2004 and it's just kind of like no effects style skate punk um and uh he was really interestingly he was playing what i think was a ltd ec1000 with an evertune um which is just something that you just very rarely see like punk bands using is first of all like ltd guitars and secondly the fact that he had a uh an evertune on there it was just you know like this kind of new um innovation is something that the the, the punks usually stay I, away I, from yeah i and and plus i would have thought the whole sort of concept of the there's close enough for rock and roll thing was kind of right up uh punk, you know punk rock street like you kind of want to be a little bit out of tune the Ever- <laughs> yeah. Evertune's never going to let you do that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I mean, it sounded it sounded great. It was just that going into a what was it going into? I think just an orange of some sort. Um, and uh, yeah, it sounded good. sounded sounded cool. Um, yeah, it was just just quite a surprise. You just rarely see. Oh, actually, and that's another thing of things that you rarely see. And sorry to jump back to um, Joyce Manor here. The topic i was talking about earlier the um one of the guitar players from joyce manor was using a uh, one of the new made in japan uh blue flower strats um, oh really yeah which I, I i i thought was something that you very rarely see like out in the wild um you know you don't often see a pink paisley or a, or a blue flower guitar being being used live and let me tell you when they played in Southampton, it was the venue was uh, it was like relatively low ceiling, and uh, for, in compa- you know in comparison to what the forum was like, and when those bright lights were shining down on that blue flower guitar when he was moving around, it looked unbelievable. Just like these that these sparkles just glinting out across the across the uh the venue. Oh man, it looked so good. So so good. So I, I cannot recommend that kind of like sparkle. If you're playing live in in a venue like that, just that that guitar was it looked unbelievable. 
Um, well, and really there's pink paisley. There's pink paisley jazz masters at the moment. Yeah, oh, and uh, and blue flower as well. So they were they were a run that came out at the same time. Um, and they just oh man, they just look fantastic. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. They need to. Uh, uh, they, they, they need to be. I need to see those more. They need to be more. They, the pink paisley and blue flower stuff is always. Uh, limited edition whenever Fender do it I wish they would just keep it just keep it in just keep it as part of the the range do you remember when they did they had the P-Bass in, in the like the 54 version of the P-Bass so still with the the straight uh, the, the non-staggered version of the pickup no remember? I don't remember that no yeah they, they did it as a Japanese model maybe a decade ago and it's fantastic okay. um, and again was that in what Blue Flower and Pink Paisley yeah yeah and again yeah. out of Japan and, and like and it's just one of those things that that turned up for a little bit and then disappeared and we've never seen it since right okay what, what yeah. a wicked finish i wish they yeah. would uh i wish they would make that more of a thing um on on that note we should uh we should dive headfirst into some news because there's quite a bit from fender News. So first up, uh, Jay Cross on the on the news. Oh, I, c- I can't remember what we were going to talk about first. Well, there's loads of stuff that's come out uh, that's come out this week, and a lot of it is kind of um, limited edition stuff, I guess. I think there's just a few bits and pieces knocking about before before Nam comes out and before you know all the whatever whatever happens at Nam. But um, there's uh, a, a couple of bits that I really wanted to talk about that I thought were really very exciting is just announced and maybe today as this podcast goes out um, is a brand new, uh, let me just bring out the details again, brand new uh, lightweight deluxe reverb. So, wait, yeah. So it is. When has um, that ever been something Fender have cared about? Completely, completely. And I think it's it's something that's really, really interesting. So it's uh, the the way that the the um, the weight has been shifted is in a couple of ways. So first of all, it's being that uh, the chassis is like a lightweight pine, um, as opposed to you know, the the sort of everyday harder wearing not harder wearing because i don't think this is going to be uh i don't think it's going to be um you know any less durable but it's just a lighter bodied um amplifier with more expensive lightweight wood and also it's got neodymium uh speaker in it which again is uh, super lightweight so i i can't remember the exact numbers but i i think it's like a i think it's like a quarter lighter than they normally are um Ooh. like 75 percent of the weight of a, of a standard one i can't remember the exact numbers but um it, it looks amazing the Cutting to what's important about the deluxe reverb what, what finish is it in it's, it's so it's a 68 it's a 68 right, okay. um so it's, it's an fsr based around the 68 so it's uh the silver face with the blue jewel light and the blue writing and the blue fret uh, and the uh, silver fret cloth so you know no one would ever know uh that it was that it was light no one would ever know that you're a you're a pansy that that uh oh, can't come on this was the perfect <laughs> time for them to release it in like a, an interesting tolex like fawn uh, well, I mean, you say that, but at the same time, any any if that was to be the case, uh, people would just say, "What? Why doing? All, why are you doing all this stuff? Why can't you just make a normal one lighter?" You know, that's that's that's, yeah, that's absolutely that's what would happen. Um, so yeah, that's really cool, and they're they're super limited. There's only a handful uh, coming to I'm Europe. I'm excited at least. by that. Do you remember when Squire released a Pine Telecaster? 
Squire released a Pine Telecaster. I think it was Squire. It wasn't Fender. It was Squire. Yeah, do you was remember? It? No, I mean yeah, Pine is a, a Pine is a body that uh, that gets used every now and again. Obviously, it's a bit of a a, a premium finish because it's because uh, it's yeah, it's just an unusual wood to make a guitar out of. But I don't remember there being a Pine. Yes, Squire. yeah, that's right. It, it was um, I uh, I believe it was. The oh, the classic vibe. Well, actually, the classic vibe fifties, the blonde one is a, is pine. Yeah, apparently, that's I didn't right. know the that. The one that was available. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the one I was thinking. Just like the the iconic was... the iconic fifties classic vibe telly. I have sold probably I don't know a hundred yeah. of those in my, in my when I was working at CAC. Wow, okay. they did those in two finishes, didn't they? Because they did the normal butterscotch, and then I think they did a white blonde version of it as well. Yeah, as vintage blonde, which I have. Him. Oh no, yeah. yeah, also pine. Right, wow, interesting. Mm, exactly, and and the, that was the the only reason I mentioned that is I don't remember them being especially light, and I think those would be the only guitars that I would know that that were made out of pine. So I wasn't aware that pine was a was it was considered a, a well joe this wood. is uh this is special lightweight pine so uh oh, of course okay. weight weight relieved pine that's it yeah weight yes yeah, weight relieved just yeah, chambered so it uh you know, get a load of resonance from it because it's it's not chambered please don't please don't quote me on that it's, it's absolutely not chambered um but so the other thing uh that's kind of a limited run that again i think is a really cool spec is there are some limited edition uh american ash strats so ash body with a uh roasted maple neck uh which is you know something that uh, we've we've seen from lots of companies recently and is just a, a really lovely lovely neck uh and um Fat 50s pickups, which are some of my favourite uh, Fender pickups. Um, this this is a bit of a bandwagon for Fender to be jumping on. The the, the roasted wood, it's it's very topical at the moment. I I'm, think, you, I would, you know, I'm we, not sure that that's strictly true because, um, granted, this is, you know, not Fender, but the uh, Charvel Guthrie Govan has been out for, um, of course. for a long time. And that's, you and know, that was, that was absolutely, that was so beyond. It's like, you know, if, you know, ice cream's good, but if, if you eat a truckload of ice cream, it's not good. <laughs> That's that's what I think about the the, the, that's the a, govern. That's a real specific analogy. Did, is it, <laughs> did something happen to you this week on tour? Did you? Uh, did you so bump, do you bump into cream. a dairy-free ice, Mr. Whippy, and uh, and just get too excited? <laughs> is that what it was? Jay, no. I, I I tell you what, though, I will tell you this. I mean, it, it, we're going slightly. I'll keep this short because we'll be going slightly off of the thing. But I, I was in Ramsgate last night. In fact, uh, dear listener, I, I got back from Ramsgate at three o'clock this morning. I had to be in work at eight, which was tons of fun. But um, and I'll now be editing this podcast until about half one this morning, which is even better. But anyway, I was in Ramsgate <laughs> playing a gig. Um, uh, last night and uh and yeah, ramsgate like it's it's like the the slightly worse version of margate but the the venue was was absolutely lovely it turned out the venue had won like a best small venue for the last couple of years in the nme um but but anyway lovely venue but we went out for uh for, for dinner and i was thinking well i'm not gonna be able to find anything anything vegan in in ramsgate surely and we found a, a fish and chip shop and i was like but that's fine i can probably get chips here we went in oh my goodness Oh my goodness! They had a whole wall of vegan menus. I was able to oh, get wow. to- 
toe fish and chips. Oh, really? Wow. How about oh, that? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, that, that, was, that was great. And is they that, did a toe uh, fish burger. Shaky, shaky fish bar. Is that what that is? It is shaky, yeah, shaky just, fish bar. It's that one. I've just Googled uh, Ramsgate Vegan and that's that's what comes up. So that's yeah, that uh, fantastic. Amazing. Good work. Honestly, it was, it, was, it was some of the best toe fish and chips I've ever, ever had. But have yes, you, that, have that you was, had toe fish and chips before? Or is that... Um, no, I hadn't. Actually. Okay, so it, it <laughs> there we go. Then. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. It was very good. But anyway, the the point was, uh, d- don't eat a truck full of ice cream. And yeah, in the same okay. sense, Guthrie Govan, don't if you like if you like baked maple, just don't make everything, even the pickups, baked maple because it just looks stupid. It was it, it was a stupid looking guitar, but it sounded um, amazing though. It yeah, sounded, they sounded great it sounded and they fantastic. were very popular despite so, the three thousand pound price tag. So but, back to my back to my point. Uh, yes. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> I don't necessarily think that it's it's a bandwagon per se. I think it's just uh, no, you know it's not. I don't mean that they're copying. I just mean it's very popular at the it moment. It is, yeah, uh, it is, and uh, it's you know that's you know when when in, you've got in the same sense got... that Fender are doing lots of pastel coloured guitars at the moment because pastel colours are in. It, I think it's interesting that they're doing roasted <laughs> Mate, roasted maple. Who do you think? Of, what are you talking about? Fender have been doing pastel coloured guitars since the nineteen oh, fifties when no, when no. Leo when... when Leo Fender went to a car garage because his mate worked there to get some paint because he thought that was the cheapest place to get to get paint. That that, that is true, but what I mean <laughs> accessible accessible pastel colours. When the when you and me started working in guitar shops, you could get you could get an affordable Fender in in. Candy apple red, black sunburst, or a rubbish blue, and uh, or, or Olympic white. And now everything's available in in sea foam and Daphne, and you know a, a million other. And and so what you're saying, what you're case. saying is, um, back in the day when um, people like, you know, for example, me had uh, no say in the sort of guitars that. <laughs> Uh, get made and you heard and, it here first. And make, J Cross claims to uh, and make their way decided. over to Europe. Uh, and and now and now you know someone I, again someone like me. I'm not necessarily saying me, but someone like me uh, is is you know in a in a position of relative authority where decisions like this can get made. All of a sudden, there are loads of pastel coloured guitars and guitars with yes, yes. baked maple necks and and uh, and all. But you're right, a mystery, true mystery, true, <laughs> true mystery. But 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 baked uh, baked maple is is super hip at the moment, and it's really it, like it looks fantastic. And yeah, it's starting it to does. occur on, on tons of guitars all over the place. So really nice that we're finally getting it on some fenders that aren't custom shops. Totally, totally, and uh, yeah. So I I would definitely recommend checking these out. They come in um, in three tone sunburst and uh really fetching ocean turquoise both with black plates and black hard uh, not black hardware but black uh you know like trim here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, cover and um, and knobs and stuff like that. So they, they look really oh, cool. They look, cool. They look sharp. Yeah, they do, they do look really cool. Um, I love Ocean Turquoise. Do you remember that? Um, do you remember that classic player base that came in Ocean Turquoise? It was the first time I'd seen Ocean Turquoise as a, as a color. No, I don't. It was like just a short a look, scale. Yeah. It was a short scale matching headstock, three pickup. Uh, oh, sort of ja- you... um, jazz master shape. Yeah, the uh, the rascal. That's what you're talking the about. Rascal. Isn't it? Yeah. That was it. Yeah. 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 I yeah, never of bought one. I really regret it. In fact, someone I know sold one recently, and I didn't buy that either. And I don't know exactly what I was thinking. There is one on, and I hate to uh, show. Oh. His... I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's one on reverb at the moment for four, uh, 563 pounds. So, um, you know, that, that yeah, 30 inch scale. I forgot about this. This was a really cool bass. Really weird. Well, it was, it was probably the only classic player bass to come out. Cause I don't know if there are any other classic players. Jay, explain for the listener if they don't understand the difference between classic series and classic player series from Fender. So the classic series are guitars that are just, um, very traditional so you get the classic 50s i guess a very easy way to look at it is the difference between a classic 50s telly and a classic player baja 50s telly because that's kind of the the example that, that we would talk about a lot here so just a classic 50s telly is um you know block it's just a slab body with uh two vintage voiced pickups and a three-way selector switch and probably a chunky so it's, neck. So it's affordably, it's affordably and loosely trying to pay homage to the era of which it's portrayed. Absolutely. And then the classic player, for, and again, take the Baja, for example, takes the, the look and the vibe of a uh, of a classic series guitar, but adds a couple of modern features. So in the um, Baja, for example, you've got the four-way selector, you've got the S1 switch, um, and it's got custom shop pickups, which are vintage voiced, but um, you know, just a slightly different. So there's just a, it's just a modern twist on a uh, on a on a, a vintage spec, and it is a bit and weird that, that they're that, you know that there's classic and classic player, but that's it's just semantics. Well, it's, it's just the way that the the series has course, developed. Yeah, and and of course because the classic player series had the custom shop luthiers involved, so they were essentially trying to make a guitar as good as they could, but affordable, unlike they do in the in the custom shop. When obviously with yeah. 
you know, the, the 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 gloves are off. The, it was it was their aim to make something as good as possible, but within a within a price point. And that's exactly what the case was with the Rascal base. That was them trying to make something as unique and interesting and cool as possible within a, a sort of confined price point. That's right. And and actually, I, f- I feel like it's a it's a bit of a shame, really, that the uh, that the rascal came out at a time when it did because I just think it's it was just a, ahead of its time is maybe a, a paying it a bit too much, uh, gi- you know, p- giving well, it. I, I think you are almost right. I, I just feel like if if the rascal had come out as part of say the um, parallel universe series where it's... I mean even the offset series, man. I mean yeah, true. How many must how many of the new offset series series Mustang bases you see out and about these days? They they're everywhere because they're such a, they're the least amount of money you can spend on something with a fender on the headstock. True, but the offset series are all they're all classic guitars. You know, it's mm. it's Mustangs, it's Duosonics, it's Ah, but with modern applications like it's a PJ pickup True, true and the, the uh you know the the Mustangs have got I've got hardtails, and I, I do appreciate what you're saying, but I think the reason that those guitars are popular is because they are familiar classic shapes at a relatively with you know they don't have the trim, which is a, a way you save a bit of money, so that's passed on, and they yeah. don't have all the weird switching that you get on a Mustang. So you know, there's all yeah. there's all these little things in there which which add up to to why things are priced at the place that they are but i just feel like if the rascal had been part of a series that was okay this is a this is a series of weird guitars and it will appeal to people who were into weird guitars you know it it wouldn't look out of place if you had the um say like the meteora and the rascal and the uh jazz telly uh you know the 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 jazz car the whatever that was called the jazz telly next to each other those that's like oh that's a weird series of guitars i understand i think the problem is is that that came out as part of the as you say the classic player series which was okay well here's a strat in a slightly different color here's a a telecaster with a four-way switch and it it just kind of was the odd one out um yeah because it was so unique it was totally totally yeah because it's basic so for people who don't know it's it's a base six body uh and it's got with three with three lipstick pickups as well so and it's a base so really really weird um really weird loadout on it but uh but yeah really cool very very cool um and and once again i think it didn't help that it was in a, a unique finish in in ocean turquoise i think had it come and it had that had it was it, a pearl plate as well the pearl plate ha, you know had that come out in um in black or in sunburst or in olympic white or even in butterscotch blonde you know anchoring it to the um to to a, a fender shape and a fender model uh, that, that level of familiarity i think it would have maybe stood the test of time a little bit more yeah. but um you know these things happen it is what it is I think I agree. Um, speaking of uh, of, of weird uh, bases and, and the Parallel Universe series in particular, Fender's latest addition to the Parallel Universe series has finally landed, and it is the uh, their new 51 Telecaster base, which is... Um, 
which is odd. It's the only base that comes in the Parallel Universe series, and it's incredibly close to the 60th anniversary Precision base that they brought out a few years ago. For for all intents and purposes, the only difference I can see is that they've added a jazz bass pickup. So it's a it's a PJ configuration on a 54-style body. So that's the 51-style body, but with the contours and the 51-style plate. Um, then, you know, with the Telecaster neck i mean I, w- I wouldn't really call it a a, a telly base well but it's precision base. that's kind of the point of the parallel universe series parallel isn't it? universe, is, is, yeah, is, i guess like so. what would this guitar have, in a parallel universe how would this how would this instrument have been released in the time and i think again calling it the telecaster base i think people do kind of call those well, that that early well, that, those 51 uh, so th- those fifty-one actually... P bases, I think, do often get referred to as tele bases because they. And this annoys me because Fender should know better than to to keep muddying the waters between the precision and the and the tele base because, of course, the tele tele base was a thing and it did exist, ex- looking exactly like this base, yeah, but with a big with a single coil pickup. Because what Fender initially did is after they changed the original fifty-one, then fifty-four, fifty. The only difference between a fifty-one and a fifty-four P base was essentially that they added contours. It was still with the pre-split uh, P base pickup. Um, the after uh, after nineteen fifty-seven, when they moved to the split coil pickup, they then re-released what was essentially the fifty-four precision base alongside the now what we now know as the P base. But because they couldn't call them both the P base, they renamed it the Tele base. And then a couple of years later, decided it was still it was too similar, so they redesigned the Telecaster uh, base again, gave it a more um, a, a scratch plate more sort of in line with um, things like the the Strat. Uh, I guess. The, well, I was going to say that the 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 seventies uh, Tele, the double humbucker. Telly, oh, okay, the, yeah. The custom, and um, and and they moved a large like mudbucker sort of in in line with what Gibson were putting out on their SG base at the time, like a mudbucker style huge humbucker uh, right in the in the neck position. And they called that the Telecaster base. And that is the last iteration of the Telecaster base before it was eventually discontinued. And then we were just left with the P base. So Fender sort of going back on themselves, releasing the precision base and calling it the Telecaster base is muddying the waters further as to what are the difference between a tele base and a, a precision base. Yeah, but as especially, a, especially when this has a jazz bass pickup on it. Well, yes, but you know, it, lots of things have got that PJ loadout nowadays haven't they and it's i I, I think it's just (coughs) excuse me i think it's just a mixture of loads of different guitars loads of different instruments because it's got the telly kind of aesthetics but it's got the p bass uh pickup and it's got the jazz bass pickup um yeah it's cool and i'm glad that there's a p i'm glad that there's a bass in the parallel universe series i think it's i think it's good that uh people like you aren't left out it's uh it's nice you know (laughs) yeah it's um kind of spec wise it's really good it's their 60s style or, or, or 60s uh single coil jazz bass and precision bass pickup which is what they actually put in the recent uh mexican reissues of the uh, well mexican 70s precision and 70s jazz bass which which to my mind which were also ash bodied same as this and to my mind those those 70s p and j that uh, were recently released as fsr were the best sounding affordable Fender bases. I couldn't believe that they were uh, under um, 
under a, a thousand pounds. One thing that I'm not entirely sure about this, and I, I just haven't read enough to to have a look, but the controls don't look concentric. It looks like there are just two, um, and of course it's a PJ. Oh yeah, that is so, interesting. I don't um, actually know about that. Uh, no, exactly. I wonder um, if which maybe is, which it's is interesting. Maybe they're just. Maybe it's just. Does it say here? Uh, da, 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 da. I had a. I had a bit of a look beforehand, and I. I, I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't see anything that that suggested what the. Um, I will do what, some what, digging, what, but it, I wonder it, if it's, it, it looks maybe two it, it volumes says, or something. It, potentially, I think it's dual concentric, and I think it's just not clear from the pictures. And I think it's it might be, be isn't two, it? It's, it's two be. independent volume and tones for for each of the pickups, which is extra. Which is another thing that's dual concentric controls are jazz bass controls. So it's a jazz bass pickup, jazz bass tone controls, and it's called the Tele Bass. Yeah, well, you know, parallel universe, mate. We do what we want. That that is completely. <laughs> Completely true. So, what else have Fender put out? Um, I guess there is one other thing. Well, yeah. Have. So, the other kind of big thing that's cut that's... Uh, have we gone through everything else? I think we have. Yeah. So, the other big yeah, thing that's have. come out that, um, you know, has been something that we've been talking about for a little while is the... Um, uh, is the Albert Hammond, the Albert Hammond Jr. Uh, Strat, which is uh, yes. a, a very cool uh, 70s-esque... Stratcaster, so it's... well, it's it's a copy of his 1985 reissue of a 1972 Strat. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So large 70s headstock, um, three bolt, uh, three bolt, um, neck plate, and I'm just trying to find it because it, the thing that's really cool about this guitar is the um the pickup. Uh, switching so this is so this is the main thing and this is what he has done with his guitar which is one of the reasons why the you know the guitar has been made is the so pickup switch pickup switch position four activates the neck and bridge pickup in tandem unlocking telly like two pickup tones positions one and three are also reversed from the traditional layout so what that means is when it's in position one, so by the bridge, it's actually in uh, only selecting the middle pickup because that's what he uses the most. And then when it's in position two, it's standard position two, so bridge and middle. And then when it's in position three, it's only the bridge. And then when it's in position four, it's neck and bridge. And then when it's in position five, it's only the neck. So cool, weird um little wiring thing um that's cool yeah it is it's a it's super a, usable yeah 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 so it's um yeah really really interesting cool little cool guitar and something for albert hammond albert hammond jr fans out there and you know less than a grand so it's a it's a, it's a yeah a very very cool guitar yeah super cool so um, um i think other... i think that's everything can i can i go now um now yeah, that yeah that's Fen- it that, fender that is... cast is done uh so <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll just talk yeah. again next week right yeah, of course, absolutely. Off you go. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Right. I'll, I'll yeah. talk through the rest of it. 
Now, on to some news about some guitars that are actually exciting. Easy uh, there. <laughs> well, no, actually, let's talk about a company who uh, who are ripping off Fender uh, with their <laughs> latest release. Well, they're, they're not really. I mean, this the, the, the Telecaster body shape has become pretty universal. Um, but uh, Guitar Center have announced a limited edition version of the Chapman ML3 Pro semi-hollow. Now, the ML3 Pro is, I think, the best Chapman, just uh, just because the tele shape is so good. And, and Chapman, for me, I really like the guitars and the build quality, but they're very modern. And so because I like traditional looking guitars that there's never especially been something in the lineup whilst they play amazingly well and feel really good and sound really good looks wise they, they've never had that thing for me this looks banging this is an excellent addition to the range and it's still modern but it's got just a few more traditional sensibilities than um than i've seen previously in their range I think this is something like the first or maybe the only the second hollow body um, guitar that Chapman have done. Oh right! I really, I really like the their take on the on the F hole, um, and I really like the finish. So it's a bound top. Um, it's it's in a gorgeous sort of black to grey burst, but with a quilted maple top. Um, and then like a maple neck and, and you know, they always do that, uh, the sort of dark wood headstock or matching headstock um, on the on the Chapman. So it just looks plush. Now, this is a pro, so it is uh, it is the, the top end of, of the Chapman stuff other than their British built guitars. But it's still, it's retailing at uh, 999 USDs, which I think is very affordable for sort of the... Um, the specs of this, you know, you've got like the hip shot grip lock tuners, a big sort of substantial um, uh, hardtail bridge, stainless steel frets. Um, the neck is is actually baked maple again in there line we go. with sort of uh, uh, what every you know how everything uh, how everyone's doing these things. And of course, the reason why all these specs are so of the time and attention to detail is because of the way Chapman. Uh, design their guitars with uh, what they call uh, collaborative sourcing, uh, which is where they they essentially ask the opinion the opinion of uh, of Rob Chapman's six hundred and seventy thousand YouTube subscribers, um, uh, which you know, which is an excellent way. You said to... that with a bit of a <laughs> snarl, Joe. Are you, are you jealous of how many <laughs> how am, many subscribers he's abs- got? Absolutely not at all in any way jealous. No of that no not at all um but uh but you, i think it's a it's an excellent idea what better way to um to confirm that you're making the uh the, the right product for your audience than by asking your audience what, what products they want in the first place i think it's a great idea yeah but i love and- the finish they, they're calling obsidian burst oh yeah. dark um yeah. but so the thing that i think is cool about this is um so i i when was it? It was. Where were we? We. I feel like we were together. Oh no, Mark and I went to. Uh, when Mark and I went to the uh, Heavy Music Awards a few months ago, we got the train back with um, with Matt from Chapman Guitars and, and Rabia and a, a few other people, and uh, I. You know, I was just sort of talking with what, what they've been what they've been doing and what, what's been going on, and and it, it, it's it's really cool that um, that. 
Chapman have kind of got themselves established in in you know they've broken America. They've done even Oasis couldn't break yeah. America. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Chapman have done it. They've broken America. Um, so and, and the fact that they've got this um, you know a US dealer exclusive guitar, I think really shows what uh, what you can do when you're a, a kind of. I, I think that Chapman are a really good example for um, sort of British guitar companies that you you can you can do it you can break through into the mainstream um yeah. and I, th- I think it's really exciting because it's it's a small team you know obviously uh, rob has got um an army of fans you know all over the world but it, it really is a small team of people who are making these guitars uh who you know who run the company and um yeah i think i think it's really exciting i think it's uh it's it's a uh, it's a testament to the to the work that they've put into it i think it's it's very cool Absolutely. What a, a brilliant little company. Um, you know, I, I'm the, the reason I'm, I'm glad that this guitar is uh, uh, an exclusive because this is exactly <laughs> the sort of thing on which they're making their standard line because I love the company. I think the guitars are really well made. You know, obviously we're mates with everyone in the, in the company and I'd love there to be a Chapman guitar that was right for me to buy. And at the moment, they, they always tend to just be that air still slightly on that side of sort of modern metal. Just a little bit too much for me. What you want um, is a, a uh, what you want is a beer baritone in shell pink, right? That's essentially what. You, <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a is this a is this a call to arms for 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 yeah, Matt and Rabia to just you know get their heads together and, and get it done. Yeah, shell pink. Yeah, shell pink <laughs> beer baritone. That's what we want for, for yeah, Joe Branton. The uh, the what? the brand to be a baritone. The brand to be. Oh, I'm into that. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go and uh, trademark that. Now. Is that like how when? Because it, it is funny how the Le- we talk about the Les Paul as though it's you know the name of a model of a guitar, but actually it is a, it's a signature model. You know, it was Les Paul's signature guitar, and so when you think about these people who've got signature guitars, you know, the Billy Joe Armstrong Les Paul is just that's just two people's names <laughs> do you know what i mean so, so it's not inconceivable yeah. that one day there could be a branton beer baritone a, cha- well, to be honest, a chapman branton yeah. beer yeah I, do, I don't think it's exclusive to guitars i mean i was i think 50 years from now people will use the word guitar nerds to describe podcasts I th- in I, general completely yeah. and I, I you know i think it's great that we're actually talking about this because this is something that we've been talking It'll about be... privately for a long time is is how just yeah. how... how did you hear did you hear this week's 60 cycle hum guitar notes? <laughs> <laughs> that's what people would say that is that what is that what people would say what when when ryan and steve are 90 years old they're gonna be there still <laughs> Ryan's going to be like, I found a reverb that sounds more like a drip than the last one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, uh, moving on, we should talk about, uh, Jay Cross, your favourite category, accessories. Oh, man, I love accessories. We happened upon a new accessory, which hasn't actually quite been released yet, but it is available for pre-order yeah so this shows that actually I, and I, I can't believe i'm admitting this but we uh i was on the premier guitar website uh earlier and there was an advert there was an advert on there that i clicked on i clicked on an advert 
on Premier Guitar because it enticed me in. And um, and so it shows you that this stuff does actually work. How about that? Um, so this is the uh, this is my my favorite area of accessories, which is power supplies. I find this a very oh. exciting thing to talk about. It's definitely the sexiest thing about uh, accessories. I think so. I, 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 I genuinely like talking about this stuff. I think it's very cool. But um, Eventide... Eventide have released a new power supply, which is the Power Max. So, as far as I can tell, and we literally found out about this just before we started podcasting, so uh, you will have to apologise if we get this uh, get this wrong slightly. But the company who make there's a, this other company who make power supplies, and I I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it Kyocks? Or I always thought clocks. it was Clocks, but it is Clocks, but it's not Clocks because it's an I. Is it? It's C I O K S. Wait, what if the C and the I are just slightly spaced out versions of the round and upper part of a lowercase d? So it's docs. Because it could be it's docs. You think it's docs? You think that the name of this company is docs, despite the fact that their website is clearly c i o k s dot com. That's what I'm saying. Yes, okay, fine. Okay, so um, Eventide appear to have hooked up with Docs and have uh, created the PowerMax power supply, which is a very slimline um, seven output power supply. It's an odd number, isn't it? It is an odd number. I mean, it is literally an odd number. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's okay. Okay, I need to move past this. It's, <laughs> so it's um the thing that's cool about this is all seven of the outputs can be switched to nine, twelve, fifteen, or eighteen uh eighteen volts. And the way that they do this is there are two micro switches, two dip switches next to each of the outputs. And depending on the way that you have those switches um set that determines the output of the power so it's it honestly this feels like a puzzle that you would have to solve in zelda that's that's what this feels like to me so (laughs) if both dip switches are down it's nine volt if the one on the left is up and the one on the right is down that's 12 volt if the one on the left is down and the one on the right is up that's 15 and if they're both up that's 18 and there's a little diagram on the front, so it shows you how they're all supposed to be. Because obviously, this this could. Uh, I don't think this is really a, a power supply for for beginners because you could quite easily mess that up and blow up your pedals. So you you do have to be careful. But it is laid out right there in front of you. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really slimline. Um, it works worldwide. They are saying that it will power. Um, with the seven outputs, you could power seven H9s, or you could power seven um, Strymon pedals. They're, they're six hundred. They're all six hundred and sixty milliamps at nine volts. Wow, that's fantastic! It, honestly, I, and I it, like looks, the little it looks it looks great. It looks really, really. Great. It looks very Eventide. Doesn't yeah, it? it does. Yeah, they've got that that Eventide branding really nailed down. Um, and it also it also has a USB output as well. I'm just reading here as well. So I really like the little traffic light indicator. It has a red, amber, and green 
light to indicate how much how much the load the, you're the, using the full load yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so r- this is really really cool um i was just going to click and see what the pre-order what the price is 199 dollars. so actually that's Whoa, a lot less that's super affordable that's a lo- as well that's a lot less than i was expecting it to be a lot less than i was oh, expecting it to be actually this is a competitor for the mxr Iso oh, totally. I, well, yeah, absolutely, and more so than that. You know, the um, the, the Voodoo Labs power supplies, which are generally oh, the, uh, the Voodoo Labs power supplies. I, I used to love those, but I ha- I have to say they're they're falling behind in comparison to everyone else now. They're still really heavyweight. It's like the ones that need that that can provide the equivalent power, are blooming massive. Yeah. Um, and this one, do you know, do you know what else is cool about this one? Uh, uh the it uh, even comes. Uh, with an easy mounting kit for pedal train pedal board. There we go. So they've they've even thought about the sort of boards that they're going to be mounted on because of course pedal train uh, did everyone over a little bit recently when they developed their own power supplies and they changed the the structure of the underside of their boards. Yeah, meaning that uh, that Voodoo Labs no longer fit. Um, nor did any of the one-spot things. So they, they do fit. You can get them on there, but it it, it, it meant that it was no longer an easy solution. Um, so so good that ever even tied a, a planning planning ahead for this. Yeah, I mean this is the this is even more powerful than the Strymon Zuma. Um, I mean the Strymon Zuma has got eight outputs each at 500 milliamps, and this has only got the seven. But the seven uh, they can run at 660. So. I think this is great. I think this is really great. I think this is a real competitor for um, not only, you know, against other power supplies. I think this is a competitor for like sort of accessory of the year or other gear of the year for us. Oh, this is, um, this is 100% gear of the year. I th- What, you think this is going to win gear of the year? I, I, I think it could. <laughs> okay. Um, I, yeah, anyway. It's I definitely feel, in gear of the I year. I feel like we've talked enough about uh, about the, the Eventide Power Max, which uh, the, literally I'm the only person who cares about and you are just being nice and humouring me. Uh, so I feel, <laughs> like we should pr- power I feel like we should move on. Um, well, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Well, this, that, that, is, uh, that is actually it. We have come up at time. That is it uh, for us on the, uh, on the regular podcast episode of the podcast but we will be continuing over on the patreon episode of the katana's podcast where from as little as a dollar just a dollar a month you can support the katana's podcast one dollar a month gets you the regular episode ad free and early five dollars a month gets you an extra half an hour every week and it is a premium half an hour every week plus you get a, a load of bonus features such as mini series mark packham's got his own thing going on there at the moment or you can uh, you can contribute to 10 dollars a month as we had a new addition from duncan watson this week did uh, you become an executive backer and it grants you access to all of those all of those things plus the prestigious honor of having your name read out in one breath by me <coughs> we got so a new one this week he said and i'm running on three hours sleep um three hours as, sleep as well. and probably three hours I've work i've been on tour oh less than that <laughs> it was cyber monday today i did nothing <laughs> <clears throat> Everything sells itself on Cyber Monday. I suppose so. <laughs> common common misconception. You think that the that marketing managers have to do work on the sales. Joe, that's, mar- that's when the stuff sells itself. Uh, yeah, I I never think marketing managers uh, do work. Uh, so no, you're incorrect. Okay, right, wonderful. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready, Joe. Are you ready? I I think I don't actually know anymore. Do you think you're going to be able to do this? 
you know what? I'm not sure because I, I'm very unfit at the moment. I've put on a little bit of tour weight from excessive booze and, and, and fried foods. People and, booing uh, you whilst and... polymath are playing. <laughs> Is yeah, that what that it is? is exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I'm unfit and exhausted, and you know, it's it's just it's it's not good for my lung capacity. Okay, well, yeah. I believe in you. Right. Thank you, thank you. Duncan Watson, Adrian Day, Ethan Jebediah Bartier, Ken Sayer, Matthew King, Stephen Conrady, Gordon G. Richard III, Marin Peters, Sean Arbo, Christopher Wolfman-Chumpetson, Robert Cousins, Robert Cruz, Scott Hamilton, Tucker Amazon, Ernie Cooper, Nate Nagel, Ross Edwards, Christoph Ramsett, Robbie Cotton Grant, Matt Roberts, Steve Lee, and me James Baker, Ryan McDermott, Juan Coyer, Blake Wylander, and Simon Jake Gray, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliff, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lawson, Robin Smith, Hans Arles, Derek Ritz, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Rod Steve Walker, Mark Cross, Carlos Mantra, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Blair Thomas, Laurie Ansis, Paul Corrigan, Riddle Clare, Moog, Robert Riddle, Thompson, Colin Anderson, I can still keep going, I guess I've got something back, maybe, touring all this time is such a new good idea, and now I've got my breath back. <gasps> oh. I made it. <laughs> I feel like your recovery time's been alright as well. Yeah, maybe being on tour is your Ooh. natural habitat. Maybe working in an office is bad for you. I think I think you're probably right. I, I should quit and just do this all the time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Anyway, thank you. There, there. You have it. Uh, you can uh, you can follow us all. On, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Guitar Nerds or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even visit our website, Guitar Nerds. Dot net where all our various don't channels are displayed in all of their don't, glory. Don't do that. It's nothing yeah, on don't there. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, nothing there's nothing there. there. And you can even purchase a guitar, uh, guitar Nerds merchandise to become a true blah 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 blah, the blah, blah 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 blah. What are we talking blah, about blah, on blah, Patreon, blah, Joe? Blah. We haven't talked about it. Um. Uh, oh yes. What is? What are we talking about on the Patreon? We're talking. I can't remember. <laughs> we're talk- you decided. We're talking about uh, a question that we got sent that was really good, and we were going to try and do. We had thought about doing in the main. Uh, podcast but then realized that you know Fendercast was going to take over our time so uh it we have got a question from tam miller uh which sounds like someone who is trying to um be mean to us uh but what they've said here is with so many boutique brands about why would anyone buy a mainstream brand guitar for a grand or more um and i think we've both got quite a lot of opinions on that so that's what we're doing yes. talking about in the patreon <laughs> yes, we certainly will. We will talk about that next week. We will be back, and uh, Mark Packham will be joining us in in actuality next week. So it will be me, Jay, and Mark Packham, uh, which will be fun. Um, but that is it from us for this week. We'll catch you next time for some more guitar nerdery. Farewell. Beautiful. Cheers, gang. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.